Welcome to What in the She Bar with Suji and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Oh, just drop my microphone onto the dog. Hi, Ed. How are you? Should we do that again? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. This week has been just. Oh, actually, no. Something crazy happened this week. Not crazy, but so I'm just gonna open. I'll be the judge I'll of just that. Open it up. So I'm sitting in my house the other day. And uh, I'm doing something, the windows are open, and I hear this like crash and then a scream, like, oh, oh my God. And I was like, what the fuck is that? So I open my blinds and I look out the window and I see these four like young boys, like around like 12, 13 years old. Three of them are standing and one of them is on the ground. And I was like, oh fuck, what the fuck happened? And I run out there and I was like, what happened? Are you okay? And he's like, I think like he got hit by a car or something. I guess he'd hit, he was on a skateboard, hit a rock went flying and hit his shoulder into the curb. Ouch. And I'm like, I was like, don't move, don't move. Like, you know, I'm gonna call the, an ambulance. He's like, call my mom. And I was like, okay, I'll call your mom. So I call his mom and I was like, hi, um, my name's Susie. I'm, I don't want you to panic, but your son has fallen outside of my house and I'm gonna call an ambulance. And she's like, oh my God, is he okay? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm gonna call an ambulance, but you wanted me to call you first. And I was like, oh boys, they always need their mom. And. Uh, She's like, can he move? And I was like, I don't recommend it. I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I just know that you're not supposed to move somebody. Just then this guy pulls up. Where and he, is this going? Well, I mean, this is a normal story. This guy pulls up he's like, oh, is he okay? I'm like, no, he's not okay. Like <laughs> he's just, on the fucking ground. I'm like- We're just hurtling around him for no reason. So he like runs to his car and I, I think like, what's he doing? He grabs this like huge blanket. He's like, let's put him under the blanket. I'm like, don't move him. He's like, he's like, he's like, can you move? I was like, I've told you six times that this child cannot move. Don't fucking touch him. He's like, and I know he's just trying to help, but I'm like, you're getting in the way. Leave him alone. Yeah. I'm calling an ambulance. Like, calm the fuck down. I was like, I know you want to help, but this is really like, you're complicating things. So then he takes this blanket. I mean, it's like folded up and it's like this thick, puts it on top of the kid. He's like, oh, ow, ow. I was like, oh my God, stop touching him. So I'm like getting upset. And then just then one of the kids' moms shows up and she kind of like takes over cause she knows these kids. I don't know them at all. And it's like fine. And the guy like walks away and like whatever. Then like the, the, the fire department comes first cause there's a firehouse just down the street. And they come out and they're all like talking and whatever. And the kid's like super calm. And I'm like, oh my God, like, are you oh, okay? Yeah, he's like so calm. And I'm like, are you cold? Like, can you feel your fingertips? Cause it was like dusk. He's like, he's like, I'm a little cold. I'm like, okay, let's just get like a light sweatshirt. We like, you know, put the sweatshirt on him or whatever. And then the ambulance comes and then, you know, they like take him away. Like, this is just not like that dramatic. The whole time my nine-year-old is standing out there like watching this go on. I'm like, why don't you go in the house? She's like, no, I want to watch and see what they do. I want to see what happens. I'm like, but you look really freaked out. And she's <laughs> like, no, but I just, I have to just, I want to make sure he's okay. And I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. You know her. She's just yeah. like, she's like, I'm just like really worried about him. I'm like, okay, okay. Just stand off to the side and don't. She's every time I look at her, she's like one inch closer. And I'm like, <laughs> back up. And she's like, okay, but I'm just like really worried. I'm like, you, but she like cannot take like stressful situations. So she like put herself in there because she's like, I have to like be, you know, strong because he he needs help and I have to be supportive. <laughs> I think, I don't even know. And so then, you know, they, they leave and like whatever. And I was like, why were you so adamant about standing there? And she's just like, I just felt like it was my job to make sure that he was okay. And like, I just wanted to make sure that like, you know, that, that he knew that there were people there to, to support and help him. And I was like, you're so sweet. Like that's Fast so forward to sweet. her being a doctor. That's kind of what I was like. I was like, maybe, or like, you know, maybe like 
some, something to that effect. I was effect. at first going to say like an EMT, but then you're like stressful situations like not no, EMT. no, no. I mean, but you know, being like a doctor, I'm sure it's very no, stressful yeah, too. It's very stressful. And uh, so then I called the mom because I had her number, or I texted her because I had her number in my phone. I was like, hey, I was just checking just to see. And I, I'm thinking like by his reaction, like he's probably like fine. Maybe he just like sprained his shoulder. Nope. Turns out he took his clavicle right here, snapped it in half. Yeah, and I was like. What? And she's like, yeah, you know, it's a full, complete break. And I was like, oh my. Well, at least it sounds like it was a clean break. God, I mean, is that better? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 no, I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, considering like his reaction, like his initial reaction was like, ow, fuck. But I was like, okay, like that makes sense. But, you know, to know that he had like a full on broken bone and that he like didn't cry or anything. I was like, maybe he was just in shock or whatever. But the thing that I wanted to talk about was his three friends. These three like young boys, it turns out they're all like between 12 and 13. They were amazing. They were amazing. I, I don't have boys, but like, I think little boys are like little fucking assholes. They were Truth. incredible. They're like, hey buddy, we're here for you. Tell us, you know, if you need anything, like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what's your pain? Is it like a one or like a 10? Or like, if it's a six, it was a six a little bit while ago. What is, is it worse? Now? They were so incredible. And I was like, Thank you, thank you, thank you, universe, for restoring my faith in like humanity just a little bit, especially when it comes to like little bo young boys. Like they were so like responsive and so like, I don't know, like supportive and they weren't like macho, like, oh, you're being a little bitch or like whatever, like would you expect young boys to be? And I was like, I don't know if it was these particular boys, but I was like, you guys are good friends. I don't wanna tell your mom. And so I texted her, I was like, just PS. I just wanted you to know that your your son has really good friends and they were all really, really great during the very stressful situation. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, that's so nice to say. I was like, I just wanna put it out there because yeah. I, was, I was really like, proud of them and I don't even know that. Yeah, I know a lot of parenting is like worrying about your kid and their friends. Like you don't have to worry about these yeah. three. Yeah, they were really great. They were really, really great. So it, it also, you know, having girls to know that their cohorts, their peer group, you know, of the opposite sex were- Respectful. Respectful yeah. and good. Decent it, human beings. Yeah, it, that was like, okay, that, that makes me feel a little bit better about the world I'm sending That's my crazy. daughters off into. I know, I was like, that was yeah. really stressful. My well, other daughter For those of you like, who've <laughs> never skateboarded before, rocks on the road- Death. Death. Yeah. Nemesis. And I was like, so next time you guys go skateboarding, just full suit of armor, because <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like you're just hurling your body into space. It was crazy, but yeah, that was that was the highlight, or well, highlight, but that was one of the most exciting things in my week. What were you saying about your daughters? What? What were you saying about your daughters? Oh, my older daughter, she stayed in the house the whole time because, ew, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it, they were all three like really cute, like skater boys. I think she was just like, Oh, who are also like in her, her exact age range. Age range. Yeah. And she was just like, I'm not coming out there. I was like, she's so shy. I was like, you're so weird. <laughs> oh, but the funny thing is- She's half you. <laughs> I, know, I know. My sister, she was outside and then she saw us and she's like, what's going on? So she walks up, cause you guys know, she like lives three houses away from me. And she's holding a glass of wine. <laughs> I was like, I was like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, get back in your house, you drunk. <laughs> and she's like, what's the problem? And then the fire department comes. She's like, it's dusk. You're like, yeah, but it's daylight saving. So it's only 3.30. <laughs> and then the fire department comes and they're like, oh, starting early. Like, just get like, you know, giving her a hard time. And then the cops showed up and she's still holding wine. I'm like, you're drinking in public. And, the, and then she goes in her house. She comes out with a mug. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, officer, she's drinking wine. I think they were like totally fine with her. They're like, ma'am. She's like, sorry. Yeah. But like, I was like, take her away. Public intoxication. I was like, 
she's anyway. So that was my uh, week. Any highlights for you? That's really funny. Oh. Um, yeah, a couple highlights. Wait, I want the dog. I know he's he's Wake laying across me. His like, legs are just like hanging I off the back. Know. He's you guys can't see it, but he he's Archie. Come here. Come sleep here. Let's go sleep. You get to stay with him all the time. Okay. Good night. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, one of a an LA staple closed last week. Oh my week. god, I saw that, and I'm so sad that I wasn't able to go. The yeah. dragon. The dragon. That is closed. like. That is like a. That's like the restaurant that my mom and aunt would always take us to for. Oh, like you guys want to go out to eat? Let's go get some tajangmyeon tangsiok. See, at ours dragon. was. Oh, you need glasses. We'll go to hit up Italy Optical, and then we'll yep. go across the street while we wait for your glasses, yep. and then we'll go and then we'll go back. That's Italy. Yeah. Why did they close? That's so, so sad. Yeah. What ended up happening was. Oh, just so in case you don't know what that is, it's it's a Chinese Korean restaurant, Korean Chinese restaurant, Korean Chinese Chinese Korean. Chinese. I don't know. I had a hard time with that too. Well, if it was Korean American, I'm Korean. Too much thinking, too much okay, thinking. Okay. It's Chinese inspired Korean food. Korean food. But no, it's Korean inspired Chinese food. Yes, yes, that's See? it. See, so it's. It is Korean Chinese? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Korean Chinese, yeah. We're going to stick with that. It's so good. It's Korean Chinese food. And even in Korea, it ended up happening because there were Chinese immigrants. So they would make foods just like they did in America that cater to the palate. Right. And so it ended up evolving over the years and they are very similar dishes in Chinese as well, but the Korean versions are a little bit um hearthier is is that the one I'm looking for? I don't know. It has know. more it has more like vegetables and stuff in it than mm. the Chinese version. Um, oh, Chinese American food you mean? No, no, the jajangmyeon, <laughs> like oh, jajangmyeon, right, right, right. tangsuyeok stuff like that. Um so I'm so hungry right now. That sounds so good. I know. And even even at the Dragon Restaurant, it's owned by a Chinese Korean person. Chinese. A Chinese Korean Chinese person. No, no, no. Chinese, oh, Chinese person who lived in Korea. I see. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, including if you ever went there, you know the guy that you see there all the time. Yeah. He, he seats you, mm -hmm. he does the busing, yeah. he does everything that's needed. He's the general manager. He's also Chinese Korean. Oh, interesting. So there's been multiple times throughout my childhood when I used to be like, I swear he just spoke Chinese, yeah. but he's speaking Korean to me. So I must have just heard stuff <laughs> without even thinking like, oh, right. right. He could be Chinese Korean, you right. know? And uh, yeah. So what ended up happening was because of the rising cost of living in LA, they've been having a hard time replacing their head chef of over 30 years. Who's had debilitating. Why didn't they tell us we could have done something about it? I don't know. I don't know. I would have, I would have something saved the dragon. Yeah, somehow. Oh man, that makes me so sad. Those those candy covered sweet potatoes that they give you at the end of your meal, those were so good. So good. Oh, everything was so good. And um, to be honest with you, I stopped going there like two years ago because like I went two or three times, and the jajangmyeon was like not as flavorful and it felt mm. a little watered down. And I guess that was kind of part of the reason is that I think they try to Pops like look so, around yeah. and then, oh. and, but that's the thing is, is that like the guy that owns the place, I guess who ended up buying it out from the original owners in like 2017, he owns other jajamian restaurants. He has oh. one in Glendale for instance. And he says in that kitchen, it's completely, um, the kitchen is run by Latinos. Of course. And he says that's completely fine because the majority of their patrons in Glendale aren't Korean. 
But at the Dragon, they're not even Korean. Oh. The majority of their patrons are Korean elders who they expect know. that traditional yeah. flavor. Yeah. So it needs to be someone who was classically trained in Chinese Korean food. Got it. You know, and like they're having a hard time in, importing people. Recruiting. Recruiting. Thank you. That's odd because that's the job I used to have. <laughs> I was like, importing people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nope, we that don't out. do that here. Yeah. Um, so they were having a hard time recruiting those people because the wage didn't justify the cost of living in LA. Yeah, yeah. So then after a while, they were like, uh, I guess we have to shut down. Man, that's a so, huge And then bummer. the saddest part is, is it's now turning into like a six-story, 90-unit apartment. No. Yeah. So it's just like gentrification oh. caused them to get out, and now gentrification is the, also the effect. That's really sad. That's fucking depressing. It, it really is depressing. Great. Thanks. <laughs> I was just talking about Don't kids, shoot the kids and Jesus. busted collarbones, and now I'm hungry and sad. <laughs> Which is the worst combo. The worst combination. That is like the combo for overeating. And my husband said he's going to bring home salads. I don't want a fucking salad now. I want depression food. I want fried chicken and jampong. My friend always used to say this thing. They're like, I'm sad because I'm fat. And, and I'm, I'm fat because I'm sad. sad. <laughs> You're like, that is the most relatable, it's, it's relatable so thing relatable. in my life. That's exactly true. Yeah. Crap, what else happened this week? Oh, something happened in my... Okay, so one more thing that happened is uh, my husband took my kids to the mall. This is actually kind of scary. It actually was really upsetting. Oh. Uh, he took them to the mall to buy, like, socks or something. You and don't Amazon that anymore? <laughs> my kids have growing feet. We don't know what size they are. <laughs> Fair. They both have outgrown my sock size. So I'm like, I don't know. Um, and so they uh, went to the food court to eat. And he told my nine-year-old to go sit at a table because it was, you know, just wait for us. We're going to order the food. And I guess she was sitting there and a man came up to her and was like, hey, do you have $2? And she's like, I don't have $2. And she just like knows to like not engage with strangers. He's like, hey, how old are you? No. And yeah. And he tried to sit down with her. Was her dad there? He he was like literally like ordering food. She's like 20, 30 yeah. feet away. Yeah. And just then, I guess security guards had been watching yeah. and grabbed him and were like, hey, you got to get out of here. I was, he called me and he was like, hey, we got to, I got to tell you something that happened, um, you know, at the mall. And he told me I was so upset. Like the, the combination of like rage and fear and like, I was like scared and I was so upset. I was instantly like, I balled up my fist and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like punch something or if I'm going to like cry or I might cry punching something or punch something. And you know, I was just like, I don't know how yeah. to feel. Rage. And my daughter who that happened to, she was really upset for obvious reasons, but she's like, did I do something wrong? Like what happened? Oh, like why? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I don't understand. Like what happened? Like, what did I do? And I was like, you did nothing wrong. There is no reason a man, a grown man, should ever come to you and engage in a conversation with you when you're by yourself and ask you these kinds of questions. You did nothing wrong. My older daughter, who's already a little bit apprehensive, she's just like a nervous kid. She's fucking freaked out. She is so freaked out. She's like, I don't want to go anywhere ever. I don't want to do anything yeah. ever. And like, I don't know. I don't know what his intentions were. And I don't want to think about it. And I don't want to think about like what could have happened if those security guards hadn't swooped in. And I know that it was like a crowded mall and in all likelihood, nothing could have happened. But like the thought of 
my daughter being vulnerable in that way made me so upset. And I was so angry and I was so fucking scared. I was like debilitated. I was in my office just like hysterically crying because I was like, I, I couldn't do anything. I wouldn't been, I wasn't there. I wasn't, you know, and just like that feeling of not being able to like protect my kid, even though he, my husband was there and she was fine. And like, I know it would have been fine, but like knowing that our kids are out there just vulnerable is such a sickening feeling when you know that other people's intentions are just bad. And it's just, it felt, it felt so like dirty and ugh, you know? Yeah. So I guess, I wasn't the only one to bring down the conversation <laughs> today, but it was really upsetting. And I just like, you know, it's scary. It's so scary. scary. And it, like, she's such a like loving kid, you know, she's such a loving, trusting kid. And number one, to know that now she's like less trusting, but number two, to know that like she's vulnerable be because of that trusting, you know, so it's like a trustworthiness or like, you know, trusting of other people yeah, she has like a she's very innocent. she's so pure we talk about it all the time mm -hmm. she's so innocent she's so pure and she's just like so loving and she just thinks the best of people and she wants the best for people and to know that like she can't live in a world and be safe with that state of mind and knowing that the world is already acting to take that away from her it's really frustrating to me and it really like hurts me to know that she can't be her authentic self and still survive in this world. And that's that's a really sad reality as her mother. I think you know? um, hearing you say that, I think also made me realize how my mom felt when I weaponized what happened to me in that argument. Because like imagine then real finding out that like, someone who was supposed to be one of your family members is the person right. who, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it's like, I couldn't a, protect you. And yeah. now you're using that against me too. Yeah. That's tough. That is tough. And definitely something oh, you're going to, we're going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, <sighs> but you know, um, the vulnerability of children is just something that's just been like, it's I guess tough. thematic because, now, especially yeah. the two stories that I've told this week. And I'm like, Oh God, that's physically, they can get hurt at any point. Yeah. Emotionally, they can get hurt at any point. And it's like, I can only do so much. There's only so much I can do. It's like, there's only so much I can do to protect my kid and also not fucking traumatize her by trying to protect her. Yeah. The world is scary. The world is unsafe. You can't walk down the street and not almost die because you've taken a header into a curb and you can't talk to that person because that person might kidnap you and sell you to, to somebody. You know what I mean? like. But at the same time, be like, hey, the world is filled with tricky people and we have to be careful of sneaky people, especially sneaky grownups. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, how 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 we balance that, I just don't even know anymore. I just I I even when I was like at Disneyland, when I was there with like just it was two grown dudes, I, I remember just being like constantly just being like, I have to be aware, like where I'm looking, like, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable sure. or like, you know, make anything assume. Cause it's just like, the world is a really scary place. And like, that's weird. You say that because my, this person that I know on Facebook actually just posted the other day. He was like, I just randomly had this like, like memory come up. He's like that overwhelmed me the other day. And he's like, I just all of a sudden remember when I was like seven years old, he's like, I was playing outside my house. My dad was, or mom was like standing right there. 
And he said this van pulled up and asked him for directions. And when he started walking up towards it, the door opened. Nope. And he said that he saw three other people in there tied up. No. And then I forget exactly what happened, but his like mom or someone or something called, not even about what he was doing, just to be like, hey, I need you to come help me with something. And he like turned around. And he was just like, I didn't realize that I was going to get kidnapped. Jesus Christ. And then when people in the comments were like, oh, my God, what did you do? But he was like, I was like seven. He's like, I didn't even know to tell anyone until like a month or two later, at right. which point it was too help, too late to do help it. those yeah. people. But, yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. So that's a that's been a theme in my, my life this week also, protecting my kids, protecting other people's kids, protecting – all kids. And that was, that was something that one of the parents of one of the boys that wasn't hurt came, uh, to pick their his son up. And he's like, you know, thank you so much for being there. You know, we really, you know, helped a lot and whatever. And I was like, you know, when you're a mom or a dad, you become every kid's mom or dad. You know what I mean? And I was just like, I, I'm always so vigilant when I like see kids who like don't have an adult around or whatever. I'm always so vigilant about like the people around them and like what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, cause I just know, and I just, I, I have to hope that young boys grow up to be good men and good, you know, people and good parents look out for kids outside of just their own. And like, we have to rely on, you know, the good people in the world to make sure that the world stays as good as it can. Cause it increasingly gets just scarier and scarier for me and, you know, I think every every person, but particularly parents. The end. Yeah. The world is... A vampire. <laughs> a vampire. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're starting a new exciting segment. We are, we are. Um... Yes. Sorry, I had a brain fart. I was like, what was like, is this segment? I was like, hello? Do, are yeah. we not? <laughs> no, we're starting this really fun segment. We're starting a very interesting segment, which could be fun. Could. We don't really know where it's going to go, but essentially it does it's have a. the best journey, isn't it? Yeah, but it does have a fun name, this segment. It is called Questions for Asian People by Non-Asian People. Is that what it's called? Is that what we're calling it? Questions for Asian people by non-Asian people, right? Questions for Asian people that non-Asian people are sometimes too afraid to ask. <laughs> or something like that. Questions for Asian people. It's a working title. <laughs> by non-Asian people. Do you hear that? Is that scary for you? That's Jerry. Yeah, every time um, Colt barks, Archie has learned the first thing to do is come run towards me. And he will just hide right under my feet. Keep sliding off the back. It doesn't work. You can hear my my girl dog barking right now. You're safe. You say your girl dog. My girl dog. <laughs> my bitch. <laughs> Not Asian people ask wild questions. <laughs> okay, so ready? Ed and I have different questions. Um, they're not the same, so we'll just kind of go. One after the other, I guess. Yeah, we're gonna ask, and then we're gonna talk about the questions. Yeah, you wanna go first, or should I? No, you go first. Do all white people look alike? <laughs> <laughs> to me, no. To my mom, kind of. <laughs> Sometimes. 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 So, I have these three um, friends that I've had 
since junior high school. And they're all about between six foot two and six foot five, like white guys. I, I don't know. They're just really tall. Oh um, they're really tall. And they are Ryan, Chris, and Greg. And they all are white, um, light complected, uh, between like light brown to blonde hair. And <laughs> one of them was like hanging out at my house one day. And my mom met them or met one of them. And then a different one. These are just my friends just came over and she's like, I was like, oh, mom, this is Ryan. She's like, I met Ryan yesterday. I'm like, no, you met Greg yesterday. She's like, no. I was like, yeah. And then the, then Chris came over and she's like, wait, <laughs> his hair is a little bit darker, but he looks exactly the same. <laughs> like they, they're not. And then when she sees the three of them together, she's like, what the fuck? That's hilarious. <laughs> so to my mom, maybe. So like, I don't know, like. I don't think that they all look the same, obviously. Wait, sometimes I do, especially in movies. Okay. Like, for instance, I remember very specifically watching The Rock, like the movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage about Alcatraz. Oh, right. Yeah, right, and there right, was right. like a couple of elder white men in uniforms, and I remember the first couple of times I watched them, I kept being like, I... Wait, that's not that's not the same person because like when because when you're not really paying attention or you're uh -huh. like kind or of like trying ADHD. to figure out the story, and I think that's that's what it is is that like when you live or like interact with a homogenous society, you 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 haven't like trained or conditioned your brain or your eyes to I think sometimes differentiate between yes. subtle differences, and I think. That's sometimes what it is. I don't know. But either way. I don't know. The I, answer is no, no. But for some people who maybe aren't used to differentiating. Listen, I think it just takes a little effort. Yes. Right. Now that my mother has met them and knows them, she, of course, knows who is who. You yes. know what I mean? It just took a little effort. Right. If you put forth the effort to differentiate people's, you know, the nuances of their faces, facial structures, you know, of course, you can tell people apart. Yeah. It's whether or not you're willing to put the effort in. Yeah. Unlike a movie where you can't put in that effort because people just flash across the screen and you're like, I. You're trying to excuse it however you want. You have to watch it a couple of <laughs> times. And that's the effort. This next question is funny, but yours is. First. Wait, nope. Do you all know Kung Fu? Yes. So look the fuck out. <laughs> Wait, but this is like really confusing because a lot of us in America were then put in martial arts class. Yes, I took Taekwondo. Because in Korea, you learn it in school. Well, it's like a sport. It's like it PE. Is. It's like a sport. It's basically like gym. Instead of like playing dodgeball, you all learn some karate moves because it's basically just exercise so yeah so that's why it's kind of that's why like wait do we all want to be ninja no wait but this is a really re weird reason why when i was growing up and people used to like pick on asian people i used to be like this is really confusing because you make fun of us for all knowing karate yet you forget that when you want to start a physical altercation with us because I know how to take you down. Right. I can break your sternum in one punch because I know where to hit. <laughs> do we want to do this? That's really funny. Um, why do you... <laughs> why do you... Why do you walk with your hands behind your back? Oh, no. <laughs> this is triggering for me. If you know an Asian person over the age of 65... You know, but I don't walk with my hands behind my back. Do you? 
stoned. That's such an Ajishi move. Oh my God, you call me old. I've uh, realized I do it more and more since like, since my mid thirties. Oh my God. I just, and now it's gotten to the point where like, I notice I do it and I'm like, and what? And what? Really? Yeah. But why do you do it? Do you think it, like, I don't know. It just feels comfortable. Like, pain? It feels comfortable. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. Do other people walk like that? You know what it is? For me, I'm trying to think. For me, this is the train of thought, right? As a guy, you never know what to do with your hands. You never know. Well, hands are awkward, you know? Pockets. Yeah, so you put them in your pockets when you're younger. But for some reason, when I got older, there's stuff in my pockets. I need my hands to be more accessible. They just go behind my back. That's so weird. I don't know what it is. I hate to be a stereotype, but the older I get, the more comfortable it feels. Interesting. I wonder if there's like a physiological reason for it. Like the Asian squatters, like the way our well, bodies are built. Proportion or something like that, like counterbalance, like your hands behind your back because it centers or pushes your spine forward. For me or, specifically, you know? I've been wondering if I do it because I do do... I do stretch my hands behind my back as far as they can go to help align my back. See, that's what I'm and wondering. And for flexibility, because yeah. like as you get older, you realize that like you're not as active. You you're kind of like hunched over a computer or something. You know what I mean? So then I do the opposite end to try to like make sure that I'm not getting stiff. So I wonder if that is kind yeah, of the case. I wonder. But I don't know. It does start to feel very comfortable and natural. <laughs> I hate that one. What's the next one? Why? Because it makes you feel old? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But not as much as I hate this question I'm about oh, to read. Oh, no. You guys ever go out for an English? Like, I quite often order a I'm, Chinese. I'm not touching do that. Do you guys have English I'm restaurants? I'm not touching that question at all. <laughs> nope. There is actually discourse right now on TikTok about British Chinese food. I was like, nope. <laughs> I don't want to have There's anything to do There's another discourse? Pray tell. What's that about? It is a Chinese woman who's watching British people's Chinese food, and she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, so the same discourse. Same discourse. I'm just not part of it. Yeah. And nor will I be. I have no intention. Is she Chinese westernized or China Chinese? I'm not sure. I mean, she speaks with a Chinese accent, so I don't know if she's lived. I'm sure there aren't racist comments under that. I mean, God, I don't even want to look at them. What was the question? Oh, do we ever go out for an English? Uh, we don't no, call it that. In America, we don't know too much about English food. Therefore, we have a very narrow mindset of it. And the most that we like about it is fish and chips. And you can find that in American restaurants. I don't know of any like. Well, I know food from like the UK. I mean, I know like, well, my husband is Irish. So like, you know bangers and mash and like an English breakfast yeah. and like um, popovers, I think are, are that, oh no, what do they call it? I think it's a popover. Um, no, that's no, that's a French pastry. It's delicious. <laughs> Danish. I don't know. Um, so I do know, but I also know that like the, the like dish, like the British national dish is chicken tikka masala. So I eat that all the time, but Not I consider British. that. Indian food. I think of like shepherd's pie. Delicious. And like, I don't love it. You don't like carrots that are cooked. There's cooked carrots in it. I don't think you like peas either. There's also peas in it. So I don't think it's the food itself. I think it's the ingredients in the food that you don't like. Cause like it's seasoned ground beef and mashed potatoes. Listen, let me make you shepherd's pie 
and then you can I tell me what you think. I don't mind it. It's just like I would rather have chicken tikka masala. Also so delicious. I had that the other day. It was so good. But we don't have that many English restaurants in America. But we you know, there are a lot of pubs. There's there a lot are. of like British like pub foods. That's maybe why, because I drank a lot. I used to drink a lot. So I used to go to a lot of like pubs in like Santa Monica, like Britannia and King's Head, all these, you know, places that have that. And so, um, but like, you know, my husband always like on uh, St. Patrick's Day, we'd have a bangers pint and, and bangers and mash, you know, so. Or, or um, corned beef and yeah, cabbage. I was, I was thinking corned beef and cabbage. Um, so yes, I don't, I don't like seek it out. Just we also live in LA where there's so many cultural foods. So like, I don't know that that's maybe like that's a also priori- part of it too. I, I think a lot that. of um, in America, English food is just like thought of as like pub food. Yeah, and therefore has a different connotation than right. say like going to a French restaurant. Or I or wouldn't Italian. know if I wanted to go like a fancy English dinner where or what I would That's eat. what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I know there's like high tea and so stuff. So there's almost like a connotation with English food. Like, I mean, again, we live in America where England was the great evil. So it also kind of makes sense that like maybe we didn't. Like prioritize. Yeah, or ideas. like, you know. I don't know. Um. But we do, we do love to go eat non-Asian food. I think that's kind of what the question was, right? Right, yes, of course. Um, Why don't you wear shoes in your house or certain buildings? Cause that's gross. Ew. Why, what? Why do you wear your shoes in your house? Why like, do you wear your shoes in your bed? Ew. Uh, do they do that? Yes. Are people that do that? Yes. That's disgusting. It's so disgusting. You didn't go to college where people did that all the time? Oh yeah, maybe, huh? Yeah. People used to sit on, try to sit on my bed with shoes, and I used to freak out. That is gross. Like, do you like? Do you know why you wear shoes? Number one, to protect your feet, but also to not get gross things like doo doo caca on your feet. Like, that's so gross, and you just track it into your house. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. people are disgusting out there. I even, I even um, rinse down my dog's feet before they walk back in. <laughs> that's a good call. Do you get your little feet washed before you go in the house mm-hmm. with your little, your little toe beans? Dirty Toby. It's true, but like if you they they now have like ways to show it. But if you watch on YouTube, they have videos where they put these like paints that glow under black light, mm-hmm. and they'll put them on your shoes. And it's supposed to signify like if you went to a public bathroom, <sighs> and like you're picking up all those like, you know, due to. Particle, <laughs> particles, and then they show you where it ends up in your house. And people who wear shoes in their house, oh it's god, everywhere, dude. I went to the gym this morning, and I guess they had to shut the water off, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I had to run down the street, and I had to go to a Jack in the Box bathroom. It was so gnarly, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> I I didn't want to go into the gym with the shoes. And I was like, oh god, I was like, but you know, to so to think, to, but what you're tracking into your homes, and like also like. I have little, I have kids. When they were babies, they would walk around, touch everything, put everything in their mouths. Like, you guys, please take your shoes off when you go in the house, please. Do it for public safety. Yeah, I mean, we say doo-doo caca, but really, Really you're tracking (laughs) E. coli, salmonella. Like, let's use actual adult words that are gonna put fear into your hearts. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. Why do I get all these questions? Which Asian dish aside from your culture is your favorite? Oh, it's like a dish outside of Korean culture? 
but Asian. Hmm. So many. There's so many. So I don't even many. know where to start. I don't have a favorite. I can't. Impossible. I can. I can go through um, cultures and tell you. My what's favorite. my favorite dish yeah. from that culture? And even then, it's like a toss up between yeah, like, so many. When when I say, I never am like this is my number one favorite food. I say like top five because they're not ranked. I have five foods that are like right. number one. Right. Mm. And I say five, it's really like thirty. Like I could get down with some bao right now. Delicious. Oh my god, bao. Chashu. Delicious. Oh my God. Um, I could easily eat twice, sushi too. Like twice cooked, like Szechuan pork. Yep. Delicious. Oh, ramen sounds really good also. Oh, we're going to go to Japan now? Yeah, like some like crispy, <laughs> spicy, crispy tuna. Mm, tempura anything? Oh my God, tempura anything. Um, Basque cheesecake? Oh my God, those are so good. So good. Um, I love pho, a banh mi. Oh, now we're going Vietnamese. Yeah. Ban mi, pho. I love pho. I love any. Spring rolls. Oh my goodness. With the shrimp and the peanut sauce. So good. What else? There's so many. Oh, Filipino food, like chicken adobo. Mm, I've actually never had chicken adobo. Hey, what? Yeah. Oh my God. Have you had, you've had lumpia? I've had lumpia. Delicious. Um, there, the, there's the, uh, Pancit, the oh, noodles, yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jollibee, thank you. Ooh, I want to eat Jollibee. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> I almost, uh, I had to talk myself out of eat, ordering a Jollibee chicken sandwich yesterday because I was like. I was going to say, didn't you just recover from like a gout flare up like last <laughs> and, week? And then after that, I had a slight flare up after that and then now it's gone. So that's the reason why I talked myself out of it. That's but good. Yeah, we love Asian people. Look. Our culture is essentially built on food. So we just love food. We love food. Is it my turn? Mm -hmm. I find a good one. What is your field of view like compared to mine? Oh my God, that was gonna be my next question. It's what's it like having squinty eyes, this one says verbatim. Like, I don't know. Number one, I can't see through your eyes, so <laughs> I don't know, but I can see things, so you tell me. Like, Okay, um, science says you see through your pupils. Where are your pupils? That's the tiny dot in the middle of in your eyes. In the middle, it's right in the middle. Which means that your eyes could be this small, and if as long as your pupils can see through it, it should theoretically be the same field of view. Yes. Now, the one thing that I have noticed with some Asian men, maybe women too, but they curl their eyelashes, is like mine, for instance, my eyelashes grow straight out. Same. I don't curl mine. I don't bother. Yeah. They so, like, I have noticed that if I really focus on it, there is a little bit of... Vignetting you that happens. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, because here's the thing: we all typically Asian people have very flat, if bridges of their noses at all. So, wouldn't you argue that our peripheral vision is oh, maybe better fuller? because we don't have an obstruction in the middle of our oh, face? Fair. Huh? I don't know. How good's your peripheral vision, fucker? Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Because I can see, like, my field of vision is very broad because- Yeah, I can see here, right here. Can you? Can you see right <laughs> here? Like, I can see way the fuck over here. Can you? Like, way over here. And I can I can see it with this eye here. Look, yep, I can still see it because there's no obstruction. Hmm. 
We should ask people. Well, yeah, science says pupil. I'm gonna start asking people with a nose bridge, like, it must be so hard to see side to side with such a tall nose bridge. See, I'm lucky. I, mine is very flat, <laughs> yeah. close to my head, so I don't have that obstruction. <laughs> yeah. That's fine, I'm sad. It's so flat, my glasses have a hard time staying up. That's sometimes. actually maybe not one of my favorite things, but yeah. yes, it's true. <laughs> for years I've been like, why aren't there glass companies for Asian people? There are, there was one, I saw there it. There are yeah. now. There's this like that, yeah. I, yeah. I'm then in America, obviously in Asia they exist. Why do you look so young? What the hell? Botox and fair. lip filler for me. <laughs> um, I don't know. What what do they mean? Like like we maintain our youthful looks, or that our features look inherently young? Mm. One is slight fetishization. Well, because babies when they're born have flatter, smaller noses. We have flatter, smaller noses. So does that contribute to, is, is that what they mean? You know what I mean? I don't know. I read that as in like, for instance, like I have no wrinkles on my face. People who are like 10 years younger than me, I've seen with like, like set in wrinkles, you know, like they have laugh right. lines. Like up until like two years ago, I couldn't even form a wrinkle on my forehead and I do not get Botox. Like I, like, you keep doing that, you're gonna need to. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, it, it. I don't know why, you know? Maybe it has to do with- Maybe we don't look young. Maybe everybody else just looks old. Well, we also eat a lot of collagen in our diet, Asian it's people. True. So it could be that. Mm, oxtail soup, sounds yeah. delicious. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Also, Asian people tend to be vampiric in nature. We are terrified of the sun. True. Whereas in Western culture, we're like, let's go tanning. So I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I think it's jeans though. Oh, I'm trying to find one that I just, I don't know, I don't want to do that. Cause it's offensive? No. It's Boring. Is it easy for you to tell people from different Asian nationalities apart? Yes. Sometimes, it's getting more difficult for me to be honest. Some, some, but again, I think it's that thing where we're like, we're used to seeing the slight differences in the homogeny a little bit. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. There's a lot of, what's sort of looking for? Um, prejudice in particularly East Asian cultures. Cause I, I will admit, I can tell the difference between a Chinese person, a Japanese person and a Korean person. Sometimes not so much with the Japanese and Korean. Yeah. Cause there is colonization a little bit of, and yes. yeah. Um, but outside of that, and we start talking about like Cambodian and Vietnamese and Thai and Laotian, and you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't know necessarily the differences on those. And that's Some because of the Southeastern, I have a very limited experience with them um, versus, or they're just not as, um, um, or like, yeah, I just I just haven't had as much exposure to to people outside of Korean, Japanese, and Chinese people, and yeah. maybe that's either a cultural thing, a personal thing, or like an environmental you know thing, but awareness or whatever. Um, so like, yeah, if you put a Vietnamese person next to a like, Thai person, I don't know ooh, that I would be able to tell the I difference. I feel like Vietnamese people are way more distinctive than some of some other Southeast Asians. No, I don't think so. Oh, I I feel like. If you tell me to tell the difference between like a Lao or like- But don't you think by you Indonesian, saying that, it sounds a little like, I can tell them apart. Like, you know, like if- no, it, But they look, they have like slightly 
different features like Filipino people um have spent a lot of them have Spanish mixed in sure but I'm I feel like as we like as society and the world kind of progresses I feel like those lines are getting much blurrier oh, I like agree. I'm having a much more For difficult sure. time but sometimes I feel like a good percent of the time I can kind of tell I am know. I always right no uh, I don't know. I nor just, do I always guess. Nor do I necessarily yeah. care uh, to find out. I don't know. Do I think that that's important for me to know unless I'm engaging with that person and I'm like, exactly. I need to. Yeah. I want to know more about you because right. I'm getting to know you. Right. So, right. Yeah. Or like if they divulge it to me because that's something they want me to know. Sure. Um, but like, that's not something I don't, but I don't do that with anybody, like yeah. any type of, you know person. what? Maybe it is. Sometimes you hear a name and that helps. Of course. Yeah. yeah the yeah. names will help. Yeah. But Beyond that, but even then, like Ron, what's your last name? Don't, don't say it, but I wouldn't. You know? <laughs> so again, last names are. Well, he has a white last name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. And like my cousin said, when he first met Ron, he's like, uh, Ron is not a Korean name. Yeah, <laughs> right? Right, he's like, right. what Korean person names your child Ron? Okay. <sighs> are you glad you were raised the way you were? Or do you think your parents were too hard on you and wish they had been more progressive? That's a very presumptuous thing to say that like you don't think that any Asian people can have been progressive <laughs> like to assume that they're not. Um, but in reality, both our parents were a little bit more Korean. Yeah. But I don't think that means that they're not progressive oh, yes, necessarily. Yes. I see your point. Yes. Yeah. That choice. Yeah. Right. Um, do read the question again. Do I wish Are that you my glad you were raised the way you were or do you, think your parents were too hard on you and wish they had been more progressive. I do see a little problem in the progressive world. But. Right, right. Like, or like, you know, to, to think that because my parents are Asian, they are so limited in being able to think outside of, you know, whatever, anyway, whatever standards they think that, I don't know, all Asian people adhere to, I guess. Um, do I wish I was raised differently? No, I, I like how I turned out. <laughs> That's a tough question. I, I have to think about that. I mean, but it depends on like what perspective you're you're issuing the question, right? If I were a teenager again or a young, you know, a, a tween or whatever, would I have wanted my parents to be more progressive in being like, yes, you can stay out later. Yes, you can go to sleepovers. No, you don't have to study as much or whatever. Maybe. But in retrospect, as an adult now, looking back at how I was raised, I have a fond appreciation for the ways in which my parents grew or raised you. Yeah. Or like stuck to what they thought was the best. Right. Um, so, no, I don't I don't think I wish it was different. I struggle with that one. I wish I didn't have as much trauma as I did. But at the same time. I but do you feel think like your I'm, trauma was because your mother wasn't progressive? Some. Maybe, yeah. My mom specifically, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and I guess when I hear the word progressive, when I speak, think specifically of my mom, I, like, I wish she had access to mental health so she didn't pass on that trauma, generational trauma mm -hmm. and anger issues, you know, that she took out on me. So, like, from those perspectives, like, yeah, I don't, I wish I didn't have to have those things, but at the same time, I feel pretty proud of the adult I've become. And sometimes I wonder 
if I'm the person that I am because of the stuff that I went through. Or despite. In spite, you're right, yeah. I yeah. don't ever look at That's it that a way. Yeah, That's that a tough one. That's a tough one to, to know, really. But overall, my parents, they were really, they were very close-minded about certain things. No, let me rephrase that. Cultural. They just were limited on the things that they were exposed to. Yeah. But I don't think that they were necessarily closed off to learning about them. You know what I mean? Like my parents did not know a gay person in, in their life that they knew was gay. And my mom was just like, I don't understand gay people. How does that work? And I'm like, mom, it works like anything else works. And she's like, I know, but like, I don't know. It just feels so strange to me. I'm like, it doesn't, it, it feels strange because you are just so, you haven't been exposed to it and you don't know anybody, you know, in your life that's that way. And I don't think a person that was limited or not looking to progress would ask that question. You know what I mean? So do I wish they were more progressive? No. Would it have been easier had they known more things? Yes. Right? I feel like the question is more like, do you wish you were raised more Western than Asian? I feel like that's the question. I think that's the question. Yeah, I think you might be right. I, did they just use the word progressive, which is a little problematic? Which, which they think Western is, right. which is ironic. Have you ever been to? Yeah. From the perspective of mental health, maybe, yes. Sure. But that's a very blanket statement. Right. Is to think that the West is progressive and that, you know, Asia is not, yeah. it, perspective is important, but. Um, I mean, we grew up in America. So yeah, there were times when like, you wish that you could have done the stuff that your friends were doing. Right. But then I look at what happened to a lot of my friends and I'm like, I'm so glad that didn't happen to me. I'm like, how was jail? <laughs> you know? Not or, fun. Or like, you know, <laughs> or, you know, some of my friends who didn't make it. Or like to this age. Oh yeah. You know? I guess even being raised a Asian, in spite of that, I still experience jail. So, you know, whatever. He's a bad boy, guys. <laughs> He's a bad boy. <laughs> My turn. Mm -hmm. Do Asians who grow up <laughs> do Asians who grow up with chopsticks ever have trouble with a knife and fork? You know, Western style restaurants. <laughs> in Western style restaurants. We use spoons um, in in Asian cultures, so that takes one utensil off the proverbial table. Um, a fork is just a chopstick with a pokey thing at the end. So arguably, chopsticks also have pokey things. But that's yes, true. That's true. Sometimes um, I do. Stab. I think I think of the utensils, I would say that chopsticks are probably the most complicated in but also their the use. most dynamic. I agree. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not denouncing them. Um, so no, I, maybe they mean like using a fork and knife together. I think that person maybe doesn't understand that like Asia has fork and knives. Like when you hear the word Wagyu steak, right? where do you think it comes from? Do right. you think Asian people try to cut a steak with chopsticks? No. When you buy- Ed, don't be so defensive. They're just asking the questions because they're curious. But I'm saying like we have <laughs> forks and knives in Asia. Right, forks and knives. I, but I I see the perspective like because we don't use a fork and knife, the using them together, I wonder. I actually wonder. I've never asked a person who moved from an Asian country if using a fork and knife was something. Because like for instance, when my dad went to his first Mexican restaurant, he thought that the salsa was soup. 
<laughs> he tried to eat it with a spoon. Yeah, you know, I not mean, tried. Still Did. delicious. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like a spicy gazpacho. He was like, it was so spicy. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> as in no one stopped him? I think it was just kind of like before. I think my dad was just like on his own. He's like, I'm going to try Mexican oh, food. Okay. And so they were just like, okay, he's just going to eat the salsa with a spoon. Um, so you don't know what you don't know. And so you have to try. And so I don't, I wonder how much experience my dad had eating with a fork and knife growing up. I've never asked him that. I'm going to ask and I'm going to come my, back next week. My mom didn't use uh, a knife because she had polio in one arm. Oh. So it was like a little, so she experienced polio. She has limited so mobility, she has mobi limited mobility in her one arm. So like she physically can't yeah. hold something down and use a knife. So she, what I'm saying is like, I am imagining my mom, like being like a young person in Korea, having had no experience with a fork and knife. Cause you just, you don't, eat it with a fork and knife. I like, mean, in the, in one defense, I would say like the majority of even people in America that I've seen use fork and knives don't do it by like etiquette standards. So right. arguably. But what I'm saying is like my mom probably would have never had a ton of experience sitting because the way Korean cuisine is laid out, it's in small like bite size pieces, right? So to sit down for your first steak dinner ever, you know, you don't get a big slab of meat at a Korean dinner. Mm. And then to sit down with it and be like, you're gonna cut that? Or like, <laughs> like well, you're just gonna give me the slab of meat and to be given a fork and, I don't know. You know, I, I first thought that question was very flippant and, you know, probably sarcastic. But now that I think about it, even if it was flippant and sarcastic, I wonder like, Huh, I wonder what my parents' first experience with a fork and knife was. I've never asked them that. And I actually absolutely intend to, because I don't know. Yeah, but like, I guess what's approaching this question from a different perspective, because you're thinking from the perspective of your parents. I'm thinking now. You go to okay. Korea, there's like Italian steak restaurants everywhere, and sure. they don't give you of course. A of chopsticks. Course, of course. You use fork and knife. Right, well, but that's because the world has become, you know. Universal? More, yeah, right. You know, and there are Western people people who live in the West or whatever, who can very easily use chopsticks because they've had exposure to it. But what I'm thinking is like, yeah, before that exposure, you know, your first time using chopsticks is like, you know, people ask me all the time, can you do a tutorial on how to use chopsticks? And I'm like, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> like, I feel like it's um, with no exposure to it, you, you just wouldn't inherently know. If somebody was like, here, here are two sticks, eat with them, you'd be like, Right. Using my tongs, yeah. Right. So. Like salad. I wonder if it was the same with a fork and knife. I don't know. My mom made me essentially take like an etiquette class when I was young, so I knew how to like. That's unexpected. It wasn't like a formal etiquette class, but kind of. Interesting. Um, oof. I'm going to read this one. That's the point. Do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying uh, the word you told me not to use, I feel like exudes through this through this question. Do you feel intimidated by the size of people when visiting non-Asian countries? Just the other day, I saw a group <laughs> of Japanese tourists on a busy street, and they looked so small in comparison to people stomping around them like a bunch of rabbits lost in the middle of an elephant herd. That's a weird thing to read for. I'm 5'8". I can't relate. Six I don't foot know. one, man. Yeah, so. but I don't know. I'm, I'm five foot eight. Do you know that Koreans, I don't remember what the statistic is, but have grown the most yep. in this last generation. Mm -hmm. So 
I guess it's an it's an unnecessary question. I I don't I'm I don't know. I've never been one of those tiny little Asian women. So I I'm I'm one of the stompers, not the stompies. So which is yeah. funny because I was born in the year of the rabbit, but still no a rabbit. <laughs> no. I'm no rabbit. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was six foot one by the time I was sixteen. So I yeah. do not understand that question. Yeah. And in fact, all of my friends I, at one point I was the shortest out of my Korean friends at six foot one. Yeah. My Next best friend was six foot two, and the other best friend was six foot four at 16. So, yeah. What was the question? Do we feel weird about it? No, but I do feel weird about asking questions like this, though. No, oh, I mean, I'm saying, like, what was the question? Do we feel intimidated? Oh, intimidated. By the size of all the nuns. <gasps> oh my God, you're yeah. so big. Like, no. I mean, I mean, this, sound, this question feels a little like they think that they're Godzilla or something, but. My, in fact, my mom tells me all the time, she's like, you're not tall for a Korean anymore. And I'm like, yes, I am. Serious question. This is a, this actually is a serious question. Why don't you like us black people? Non-American Asians always gave me the cold shoulder. American Asians were cool, and I often hang out with them. Are they just not used to us? Um, Partially. Sad to say, but I know that there's anti-blackness very much so in a lot of Asian American communities. Um, and obviously, sat, unfortunately, anti-blackness is global. Um, and I think, I think like an- It's a very long historical answer. Yeah. Some of it has to do with not being used to it. Okay, so colonization happened throughout the whole world when white colonizers took over. Asia, Africa, all the other continents. And with that came the belief of anti-blackness that was instilled upon all of these communities. Now, once those colonizations ended, you were left with this homogenized community where they don't know anyone who don't look like they're all white, all Asian, all South Asian, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden you fast forward to having technology and Western media, because again, controlled by whiteness, is pushing out this message of that black communities are gangsters, do this, they do that. And then that media gets pushed out into the world in the form of movies and TV shows. And now you take this homogenized community who has learned anti-blackness through colonization and stuff like that, on top of the fact that it's then mixed with people who are learning about these races for the first time through fictionized television that is controlled by white media. And then you have this biased look. So when they meet black people for the first time, they're having to reconcile what they have been essentially brainwashed into thinking versus then trying to figure out what that means when they meet you and they're like, but you're not any of these things which is the reason why you get a lot of people from Asia who are having to go through that through that discovery and Asian Americans who grew up with uh, with that and know that those are things that are essentially propaganda mind washing you know to keep upholding this idea of and instead of using the WS word I'm going to say anti-blackness because one is you know they're, they're you know um, hand in hand, hand in hand, and they push this anti-blackness. Then it's basically global propaganda. So then people are trying to, you know, come to those terms, and instead of just being hateful, they may just not understand. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's like the short end of it. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing to contribute. That was very concise. Um, a lot of people are just conditioned to believe that black people are whatever the conditioner wants you to believe they are. Yep. And, you know, like my grandma, she, she, the only black people she had ever seen were um, American soldiers in Korea. And to, to her, they, they were all part of the same group. And then when she came to America, all she knew about black people was, like you said, what she had seen on TV, what people had told her. And so she was very distrusting of black people. And I was like, how many black people are just like everybody else? Like, you know, I go to school with black kids, like, you know, and she was just like, oh, no, you know, they're, they're very dangerous. I'm like, they're not. They're not. This is just what people wanted you to believe. But, you know, what else did she know? You know what I mean? She's just this, like, you know, country girl from, you know, uneducated and is told by everybody in power what to believe. You know, my God is better. My people are better. My guns are better. My, you know, so she's like, okay, well, all of these things are better. So I, I better side with the, the the better side. Yep. All of that contributes to this idea of this bottom of the barrel mentality. Right. Which then historically inside of the U.S. specifically created this thing where the white society was like, hey, look, we don't want anything to do in black communities, but we also don't want black people to have money and power. Right. Oh, you know what? Throw the Asian Asian people. We'll give you, um, we will give you approval for your business loan, but you can only do it in these black communities. And then that started that rift between that power struggle within a minority community where we should have been together because of control from powers that were outside of our communities. And then now, like for instance, my mom, when I was younger, she worked in a wig shop in a black community. And even though everyone loved her because she would cut and style their hair, she learned about black hair so that she can, you know, do whatever. But then came the one or two times that the shop was then held up at gunpoint. And all of a sudden, all the stuff that she knew from media was being upheld. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, violence. And it wasn't until like that I had to get really angry at my mom because she said something slightly racist about a black friend. And I was like, that's fucking racist. I mean, yeah. And then then she had to then to unlearn all those things and be like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I I interact with people that I consider friends all the time and I allowed this one thing. And you know what I mean? All these the fear control. And that's just that's just what happens. And I I, I honestly I hate to admit this, but like if we're gonna just be honest and have an honest conversation, I didn't even know what the term for black people was in Korean. I only knew the slur. Growing up, I only knew the slur. I thought that was what it was called. And I did not know um, until much later. And it's because, you know, like people like my grandmother, that was what she knew. And that was how she spoke about them. And once I found that out, I was fucking horrified. I was horrified. I didn't know. I didn't know that that was the word that I was using. And I, I understand now it's because this is what she was conditioned to believe and then reinforced by the, the language you know, in which she was taught to express you know, her, her thoughts. I mean, it was just like, I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. I've been saying what, you know? Yeah, that, that that does remind me. I My mom did grow in that sense where she had that one thought when I was like 12 and then it even further moved along to like evolving into then teaching the black people that she interacted with. Like, hey, if you hear a Korean person say this word, they're talking negatively about yeah. you. 
to the point where she was now like, I've been teaching everyone like, hey, yeah, don't let people talk negatively about you. <sighs> do you have a, a light one for the end? By light, do you mean oh, offensive? God. No, I'm just kidding. You love being offended. <laughs> There's a lot to be offended about. I know. Is there a polite way to ask, what kind of Asian are you? I've answered this question so many times, but I'm happy to do it again. Um, Mm. <laughs> I feel like short answer is no. No, no. I mean, I, I always wonder like, why do you want to know? What do you want to know? And why is that important to what we're talking about? Or, or is it important at all? And also like, if I tell you, this is how I see it. A lot of times when people ask you what your ethnicity is, number one, they don't know how to ask the question, which would be, oh, do you mind if I ask you what your ethnicity is? Fine. It's often, what are you? That in and of Where itself is just from? like such an offensive question. What are you? Where are you from? I'm a woman and I'm from Los Angeles. The fuck do you want to know? You know, so what? what is your ethnicity? I often think like when you ask me that, before I even answer, I want to know what my answer tells you or thinks think will inform you of if I tell you. If I tell you that I'm Korean, is it because you, because it's usually never about me. It's never about getting to know me better. It's often in an attempt to tell me something anecdotal about being Korean or something, oh, I I took Taekwondo or, oh, I love Korean barbecue. Do you watch K-dramas? It's just this like, like um, springboard to go into something about them and about being Korean, which is fine. If you wanna have a conversation about things that you love that are Korean, we can have that conversation. But if you're asking me just so you can have that conversation, that to me is weird. That That's weird to me. Um, And I wanna, you know, when people ask me like what, is your ethnicity, it's you, I don't know. It, it often is is not, it has nothing to do with me. I would say it takes usually like, it's about like 1% of those questions being asked where it's actually relatable to the conversation we're having. Right. And outside of that, not only what Susie said about how it's this weird narcissistic way of like then talking about yourself. So, and people are always like, they're trying to relate to you. It's like, but the idea that you think the only way to relate right. to me is the difference that you saw, I don't think you're understanding that like right. nuance. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to relate to me by first realizing that that person's different from me. Right. And that's a really weird way to be like, I'm trying to get to know you. No. Right. I'm trying to commune with you. It's like right. by telling me that you immediately realize that I'm not the same as you. Like it doesn't like, if you wanted to get to know me, ask me about me. Me. What are your hobbies? Yeah. What do you like to eat? Do you like pizza? Right. Instead of being like, do you like bulgogi? I don't know. Did you just assume I was Korean? I mean, I, I am, but or like- just ask me what weird. my favorite food is if you want to know more about me. I, I think that's such a simple way. And it's like, also eventually for most people, their ethnicity or their whatever it is they want you to know about them, it's gonna come out. I talk about being Korean all the time. Yeah. I talk about like when people are like, oh, what's a great restaurant? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm Korean. Let me tell you my favorite Korean restaurants. You know, it, it just comes out. So you don't yeah. even have to, it doesn't take long. It's almost immediate. It's like one of the first things. And maybe that has a little bit to do with the fact that I know that they know that I know that we're different. <laughs> so and that's I was gonna like beat them to the punch maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is, but now that I think about it, it could very easily be. Um, But I, I, I don't know. 
I, I, it's just a question like I don't really even ask people. I don't ask people their ethnicities very often. No, it usually just comes out. When, and honestly, it's only when it's like part of the conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, by the way, are, are you Vietnamese? Oh, okay, you are. Okay, cool. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about something, like whatever. Then it makes sense. But when people, strangers just come up to you. But also I feel like it happens almost, ex not exclusively, but predominantly to Asian people, um, unless you have like a non-American accent. You know what I mean? Like nobody goes up to white people and they're like, oh, what ethnicity are you? It just doesn't happen that often. Or even, yeah. you know, I don't think anybody's ever been like, to my husband, I ask him, do people ever ask you your ethnicity? Do people say like, oh, what's your ethnicity? Oh, I'm I'm Irish, English, and you know, whatever. He's, he's like, no, never. But I get asked that all the time, you know? So it's like, if you don't ask that of other people, then maybe you should consider why you're asking that of of me. You know, that's just something that I think a little introspection would, would, get, would go very far. Yeah. I, I agree. But like, I just, I, like Susie said, what is your purpose right. of asking? Is it to right. validate that you knew you were right? I knew because it, I, I knew feel, it. <laughs> I feel like that's what it was. I and then, that. and then my question to you is, is like, why do you play that game? Right. You know, the other day, now maybe like a couple months ago, I was at the gym and I was standing there with these two white women who are my friends. And then this older white guy comes up and we were talking about Charlie's angels. And they're like, who was your favorite Charlie's angel? I said, oh, Jacqueline Smith was my favorite Charlie's angel. She was just so gorgeous and she was so smart and she was the perfect balance of like beauty and brains and whatever. And he goes, oh, first he goes, I didn't think you were old enough to know the original, you know, Charlie's angels. And I was like, yeah, no, Sounds of course. like a compliment. Right. Follow I was it like, up with? With, but I would have thought <laughs> that Lucy Liu would have been your there favorite angel. There it is. And I was like, why? Why would you think that? He's like, oh, you know, cause you know, and I'm like, because what? And he's like, yeah, we, and I was like, listen, I know what you're trying to say. Like, hey, isn't it great that there was an Asian Charlie's angel, which I think might be what you're trying to say mm -hmm. or not. I don't know. Um, but I don't always have to think the worst in everybody. I think he was just saying like, I would imagine that an Asian person would identify the most with an Asian character, which fine, I understand that, you know, but like, I was so, I was made to feel in that moment, like, I know, you know, I'm Asian. I know, you know, I'm Asian. I know what I look like. I know what, you know, your perception of me. You don't have to tell me. And I think that's another thing. A lot of times when people bring that up, it's their way of telling me that they recognize that I'm not white. It's like, I don't need you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, That's I, what I, I mean. know. I know. It's it's painfully obvious that I'm not white and it's okay. It's fine. I've lived as a non-white person my whole life. I don't need you to express that to me. Like it's totally unnecessary. You know, and I think I, I really, do, the guy, he's a really like nice guy. I don't think he's an asshole. I think he's just kind of like, I'm going to say something that I think is going to help you know that I know that Lucy Liu is also Asian. Like I know you're Asian. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. People don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I have a hard time not hearing stuff like that and not thinking. So you think I relate to that person because she's Asian and I'm Asian. Are you trying to say you only relate to people who are white because you're white? Because... That's not how the rest of us live. Right. Well, 
You know what I mean? And that is a bit problematic. It's not not problematic. I get it. You relate to people who look like you, but like if that's how you go around right. experiencing the world, I feel like that is a little problematic. Right. Well, like me relating to Jacqueline Smith is because she's beautiful and powerful. Right. I am also beautiful and powerful. Right. So why would I not relate the to The race, that's what I'm saying. There's like so many things that, I guess that's the point of what we're trying to say. Right. There's so many more things to relate with than the race right. of the person. Right. They're a person first. Right. Like there, you know I, I mean? have so many things in my life. I there are so many things that I can relate to yeah. with other people. And I don't think people who get defensive about asking this question realize that if like those questions disappear, there would be less separation and right. more understanding because you wouldn't immediately look at someone and be like, "Oh, I don't understand them. They're different than me." You would look at someone and be like, "Gee." I wonder if they like the same things that I like. Right. We're both at a pizza. What's what, your favorite's pepperoni too? Right. It's weird to be at a pizza place and be like, what's your favorite Korean dish? Right. <laughs> or we're not one dimensional. We yeah. have multiple, multiple layers and degrees of our humanity and it doesn't just exist inside of our ethnicity. Now, obviously though, you know, for us, our ethnicity is a big part of who we are. But like I was saying, it will come out. Yeah. It will happen. And it's I will take you to go eat, you know, Korean food. Yeah. And it's a big part of us, but it's a big part of us and the way we experience the world. You know what I mean? And I feel like sometimes that like has nothing to do with you. Right. Right. If we want to talk about our experience, then you'll then hear about ask it. Ask about that. Especially if you're with one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, and, and that's the thing. We'll talk about it if we want to, but right. like, no. Yeah. And I just feel like it's very intrusive. And I, and I feel like the best way I can get. He looks so happy and comfortable. He's like legit smiling. Yeah, he loves me yeah, very he much. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. But <laughs> yeah, please stop doing that. Please stop asking people what kind of Asian are you. It's, or at least be a little bit more, um, be less obvious about it. You know, like. By not asking. Or like, what's your favorite thing to cook? Maybe that'll tell me. Or like, what's your favorite television show? Maybe that'll tell me. But it'll also tell none you a lot will, of other things. Yeah, none of that will tell you that I'm Korean because- my favorite thing to eat is fried chicken. True. My favorite show to watch are trashy American TV shows. Mm, recently also K-drama. So okay, maybe that part. See? What? <laughs> but you know, I think I think because it, like I'm so hyper aware that I'm not not hyper aware, but I'm so aware that I'm not white that I almost sometimes try to compensate and make the other person more comfortable by saying it first. You know what I mean? Like so that they don't have to say it, because then I don't know. So that they, I cut that out. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know what I'm saying. I was about to be like, I'm way more argumentative. I will purposely not say it. To see if you're gonna be. You're a petty person. bitch. I am a petty. Anyway, bitch. um, that was fun. It was a little infuriating at times, but fun overall. <laughs> yeah, that that made me kind of feel weird inside. Why? I don't know. Which part? All of it's just, it was like such a. Roller coaster. Yeah, it, was. it was just like all over the place. But it's a, you know it's a good conversation to have. I think a lot of people have questions, and I think being able to answer them in a non-confrontational way can be helpful to some. That's hard. I know. I was being totally passive aggressive when I said that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, 
which may not make sense for you because those parts were cut out of the show. But <laughs> um, I, I have a hard time not being confrontational sometimes. I know. Because conditioned. I conditioned myself to be this way. I know. I conditioned myself to be this way. I know. Because when you're being told that you're sensitive and you're Asian, you're being picked on for it, you... You develop a fucking facade, yeah. a veneer, everything. I know. Because I know. As those of you that watch the show, you know, deep down inside, I'm I'm really, really sensitive. Right. But I think part of these conversations aren't for just other people. It's for us to be like, okay, I know I'm super guarded about these things. And I know that when I talk about them, I talk about them in a way that can be really aggressive and really confrontational. And I do it because I need to protect myself. But it's not always the most conducive. Yeah. It's not constructive to always be defensive to defensive because what ends up happening is that you just turn off everybody who's trying to learn something or, you know, take the ability for somebody to learn away because then their fucking, you know, defenses go up and now nobody's talking, you know? So I think it's important for us to, for me personally to try, and I've been very vigilant in my life to try to be less defensive because as I always say about myself, the same applies to everybody else. You don't know what you don't know. And you're not going to learn it if somebody's screaming at you about it. Or at least I'm not going to. I'm instantly like, fuck you. I don't want to learn a fucking thing you have to say to me. Yeah. But I don't it, get defensive as much as on the offense, I feel like. From a defensive But your purpose, offense yeah, is yeah. defensiveness. Hmm. Right? You you do it first. If you're def- if you're Oh, yeah. I see defen- yeah. yeah. That is your, your yeah, protection yeah. is by going in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all have our well, things. Well, because my intent f- as a child used to be to shut it down, not to have a conversation. So right. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. See? Whereas now I'm trying to have a conversation. So to try to shut people down. Look at there. us progressing. Yeah. Beautiful. I never want to move from this position. Oh my God. That's the reason why I have a hard time waking out of bed sometimes. Sometimes I tell Ron and I'm like, Sorry, uh, I woke up late today because and do you see these photos? I have because, evidence as the reason because why. Because it's a baby so sleepy. Anyway, so, sometimes like around the time I have to get up, Archie will crawl out from under the covers, and like the other day, he then put his head here and then slept. And I was like, "Well, I'm not moving." And then another forty minutes passed. <laughs> He's just sleepy. Anyway, on that note. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you would like to help keep this podcast sustainable, we bring you any joy or, I don't know, some learning or- Information. Coping, yeah. Therapy. <laughs> a little healing maybe. <laughs> or, you know, a good a re- laugh. retort to say to somebody who's saying something shitty to you. Yeah. Or just like, get your aggression out through me, whatever <laughs> it may be. Feel free to, you know, join our Patreon and help to keep this podcast sustainable, as I stated before. Otherwise, you can find us on our socials. You can find me at Sujo One on TikTok and Instagram. I'm at Etch a Sketch with the J. You can find the podcast at One in the Shiba. That's S H L. That's S H I B A L. Also, this little guy and his brother are at Archie and Colt. Otherwise, if you are watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, like, like. Otherwise, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. Dingling. Ding. Ding. And on that note, thank you for joining us, and we will see you on the next one. I can one. only do it with one hand. Okay, okay bye. bye. <laughs> he is like completely just dead weight. There's just like nothing. There's offering no resistance to me whatsoever. <laughs>